www.pittsburgh.gov. WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown spoke to the media today. He was not at all apologetic about anything and was, as usual, scornful of the media. But mostly, A.B. said he was pissed off because the Steelers aren't winning. He said he's not out there begging for the ball. And he's not lying about that. A.B. isn't begging for the ball. He's demanding the ball. And A.B. may want the Steelers to win, but like Colin Dunlap tweeted, A.B. wants to always be the reason the Steelers win. A.B. also bragged about coming to work every day, but he didn't do that on Monday. A.B. contradicted himself over and over again. Just count the stupidity as it adds up. A.B. said he had a personal issue Monday and did not apologize. Like, I knew he wouldn't. A.B. said he called in and informed the team of the personal issue, but also said that he got disciplined by Tomlin. Yo, Einstein, if it was an excused absence, then why did you get disciplined? Like sands through the hourglass, so go the days of our lives. A.B. did say he didn't want to get traded and that he was stupid to tweet that. So that's it until the next time. Anyway, A.B.'s going to get broke again. It's his nature. A.B. has told you what he is. He's told you over and over again. You need to believe him. This is the Mark Madden Show. Feel my ubiquity. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMadX. We got Jerry Dulac talking Steelers at 3.30. Josh Joey talking Pens at 4.30. And at 5.30, from WWE, by way of Plum Borough, who wants to walk with Elias? Uh, There really is a bigger story with the Steelers today than Antonio Brown. DeCastro, Foster, and Gilbert are all hurt to some degree. That's three-fifths of the offensive line. That's not good. DeCastro tried to practice with that broken hand, and it was a no-go. We'll talk with Jerry Dulac about that at 3.30. But A.B. is the most fun to talk about. Does anybody really believe A.B. didn't show up Monday because of a personal issue? He didn't show up Monday because he's a big friggin' baby. That's why he blew up on the sideline, too. A.B. talked about how uh, Randy Fickner, the offensive coordinator, uh, Fickner discovered him in Central Michigan, so why would he yell at Fickner? The the thing is, we actually saw A.B. yell at Fickner. I don't know why you did it. Actually, I have a pretty good idea, but we saw you do it. And B, A.B. would yell at a family member 
if he wasn't getting the ball enough. Uh, A.B. also said he dedicates 20 hours of his day to football, which would make him either a vampire or the walking dead. I would play the interview, except it's mostly gibberish. A.B. needs to come with subtitles. Uh, A.B. said he blew up on the sideline because the Steelers were losing by 40. Problem is, the Steelers were never losing by 40. In fact, at that point, I think the score was tied. Uh, A.B. also said he doesn't hide from anybody. And that's true except for Sunday after the game and then Monday when he didn't show up for work. Other than those two instances that happened inside 24 hours, A.B. doesn't hide from anybody. So that was emotional. <laughs> A.B., he is what's best for business. A.B., if you're listening, buddy, don't ever change. A.B. hates the media. When somebody asked him if he was going to play Monday, he said, yeah, why? Y'all don't want to see me in uniform? Look, Junior, I don't care. But if it were my team, you wouldn't be in uniform, and you are a big reason the Steelers are now a punchline. Uh, Tim Benz pointed out that A.B. just doesn't get that social media is public record and that if he tweets something dumb, it's going to be discussed. A.B. acts like Twitter is a private conversation between him and his followers. A.B. mostly just doesn't want to talk about himself unless it's positive and he can control the message and feels he is totally beyond reproach or criticism. A.B. said today, y'all write the stuff you do because you just want to get clicks. Okay, but that doesn't mean the stuff that gets written isn't true. In fact, truth gets more clicks than anything. And everything you post on social media, you do for exactly the same reason? Uh, uh, Bud Dupree said he's also got to be more careful on Twitter. Why not just not be on it? 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. The Steelers play Monday night at Tampa. AB will play. The Steelers season is on the line. I keep hearing various Steelers saying it's only two games, but a long season will become a short season if the Steelers lose on Monday night. Uh, you know what's weird about Tomlin and his situation? Tomlin knows he won't ever get fired. He knows that. If Tomlin sat A.B. on Monday and the Steelers lost, it wouldn't blow up in his face per se because it can't. It won't ever because he knows he won't ever get fired. So Tomlin could sit A.B., but he doesn't. This is what he thinks is right. You'd think a coach with absolute job security would play the long game. Tomlin isn't, to be fair, he never does. Colin Coward, uh, we'll play this song later. I love Colin Coward. He talked about how if you look at Tomlin's coaching career and divide it in halves, the first half was the much better half, and Coward thinks that Tomlin fed off the momentum generated by Bill Cower, his predecessor, and that ever since that momentum wore off, the last five years ain't been as good. Uh, I really do enjoy watching the Steelers on Monday Night Football, except between 9 and 10 p.m. when I will definitely be watching Better Call Saul. Oh, uh, by the way, I kind of buried the lead here. This is big news. 
I spoke to a mutual acquaintance of myself and the quarterback, and the quarterback is not the least bit enamored of Antonio Brown's situation, behavior, or attitude. In fact, he's annoyed and he's pissed. The quarterback is not the least bit sympathetic or understanding, but Ben's a short-timer and it kind of shows. I am also told A.B. quit on some routes against Kansas City. Uh, Monday night at Tampa is must-win because if the Steelers lose, they could totally implode. It might not take much. Or maybe I'm being dramatic. All is well. Remain calm. All is well. X's and O's, play better defense, work harder. That'll solve everything. The Steelers really don't think they're in turmoil. A bunch of them said that, Cam Hayward included. Ponce and a few others pointed out, hey, Brady yells all the time. Why don't nobody talk about that? And the clear implication is because Brady's white. Uh, that notion is more than just a bit transparent. And the weakest defense ever is the what about defense. What about that guy? But that is the way of America and not just the Steeler locker room. Hey, who knows? Maybe the Steelers aren't in turmoil. Maybe they just stink. Uh, A.B. has 63 touchdown receptions between the regular season and the playoffs. Did you know that every single one of those has been thrown by Ben Roethlisberger? There hasn't been one, like, option pass for a touchdown from a back to A.B. or one touchdown pass thrown by the backup. Every single touchdown caught by A.B. has been thrown by Ben. And here's a safe prediction. When A.B. gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, I bet he doesn't even mention Ben. That is the safest bet in football. Well, besides Tampa and the points on Monday. Uh, right now, the Steelers are favored. They're favored by a point and a half. It opened at two and a half. Then it dropped to pick up when A.B. no-showed on Monday. But now the bookies know he's going to play. Ben's going to target A.B. 50 times on Monday night. Because it's just not worth the headache. Okay. This is, I got to play this. Here's a little quick soundbite today from Antonio Brown. He's asked how he's feeling if he has anything lingering going into Monday Night Football. Here's A.B. Antonio, do you have any physical limitations at this point? Anything lingering? Anything bothering you outside the ordinary stuff? <laughs> Yeah. You want me to say you don't care about my problems, man? You probably say I don't got one. So you want me to tell you, no one care about my problems. They just care about the winning. All right. Who asked that? Was that Kevin Gorman? I couldn't tell. What a jackass. But but I will say this. I will say this. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I don't care about Antonio Brown's problems, and I am glad he has them because that is what's best for business. One thing I learned a long time ago, I've had many athletes come on this show, and I'm grateful for those who did. Many of the greatest in Pittsburgh history, including Ben Roethlisberger, Sidney Crosby, Mario Lemieux, the list goes on and on, Jack Ham, Troy Polamalu. None of them have ever asked me about my show's ratings. 
Actually, you know the only guy who said the show sounds pretty good was with Sidney Crosby uh, back when he was a kid. And, and, and Mario listens. I do know that. At least I think he did. You out there? If so, call in. But you got to root for yourself. Nobody roots for you. You got to root for yourself. Oh, Leslie Rutherford, too. Mrs. Jim, she listens. Little James, too. Little James, if you're listening, do not act like Antonio Brown. Act like Sid. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Today's show is going to be bubble, bubble, toil, and trouble. We got Jerry Dulac at 330, Josh Owey at 430. And I get more psyched up every time I say it at 5.30 from WWE and Plumborough. Who wants to walk with Elias? 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yeah? Hi, Mark. Big fan. It's double M. Let me hear you woo. Hi, woo. Well, then you ain't talking, bitch. The X at 105.9. I spoke before about Marquise Ponce. Questioning why people don't talk about Brady yelling on the sideline. Maybe because Brady's won five rings, and maybe because he's not just looking out for stats. But uh, when Ponzi says that, I hesitate to say what's obvious, but the implication is we don't talk about Brady because he's white. And that's ridiculous. And of course, just saying that has a bunch of people on Twitter saying that I'm racist. You can't criticize a man or woman of color in this country anymore without being told you're racist. I am so obviously not, it's unbelievable. But say what you will, to quote Fastway, uh, I don't care. But uh, it, it's just unbelievably ridiculous. Uh we talked earlier about the Steelers' offensive line being real beat up. Doesn't look like the Castro's going to play. And Foster and Gilbert are hurt, too. We'll talk to Jerry Dulek about that in just a few moments. Joe Hayden has been practicing. Now, he won't cure everything that's ailing the Steelers' defense, but he's the glue. And he's certainly their best cornerback and one of their best defensive players besides Hayward. Uh, Watt, too, I guess. Although with youth comes inconsistency... Uh, but getting back to Hayden, the Steelers are in trouble when he's not in there because somebody else has to be their best cornerback, and nobody else can be. Artie Burns, if he's your number two cornerback, that's okay. Not great, but okay. If he's your number one quarterback, you're going to get shot through a holes, full of holes like the Steelers did against Kansas City. Let's go to Ron in East Liverpool, Ohio. Ron, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. Uh, the Steelers lose this week, and with their upcoming schedule, if you look, you've got Atlanta, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. Very easily, they could go 0-5-1 real fast. Well, yeah, They're, let's uh, let's not worry too far down the road. I just uh, know that very rarely do teams dig out and make the playoffs uh, if they start out uh, with no wins in their first three games. I think it's like 2% have done that in the past couple decades. Well, when you screw up the games you circle at the beginning of the year, that's what's going to come back to haunt. Oh, no, no, no question. I predicted the Steelers to go 10-6, and and I thought they would win the first two games. I predicted 2-0 and on the way to 10-6, and which would adjust my prediction to 9-7-1, I suppose. 
Let's talk to uh, Brad on the in the West End. Brad, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M. I uh, completely agree with you about AB. I think it's bittersweet irony that the Steelers organization is blessed with two of the biggest narcissistic egos in football. I may root for the team, but that's more for the city. I think uh, I think that the organization. Deserves those two. I think they're one of the most. The organization deserves whatever it inflicts upon itself. The organization well, I, runs things. Let, let's not forget. For right, those but, of you, shut up for. In fact, goodbye. If you're mad because AB's playing Monday, don't be mad at AB. In fact, don't be mad at AB when he acts up next time. He has carte blanche, he runs the show. He's in charge of the Steelers. He no-showed work Monday, and his punishment was a slap on the wrist, some kind of fine. They're fining a guy, and I forget what the limit is by the CBA, but it's pretty low. They're taking a couple nickels out of the pocket of a guy who makes $17 million. I don't think that's him really learning a lesson. Let's talk to Kevin of North Hills. Kevin, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. How are you? Terrific. Any way that this team is going to actually make the playoffs? I mean, seriously, with everything that's going on, Lev Bell's not going to come back. They lost their best defensive player, Shazier, last year, unfortunately. Well, let, let me let me interrupt. If you're asking me, would I bet on them making the playoffs? I, I wouldn't bet one way or the other right now. But it's the NFL, brought It could turn on a dime, turn in the wink of an eye. Do I think it's likely they'll bounce back? Honestly, in that division. Against crappy teams, almost from top to bottom, I'd say their odds of making the playoffs are about 50-50, no better, right now. If they lose at Tampa Monday, in the toilet. Up next, from the Post-Gazette, it's our regular segment with Jerry Dulac. Jerry Dulac, just around the corner on 105.9. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, you doing, Mr. Madden? Big fan. Super genius. I love the show. What he likes ain't legal nowhere but Medellin. The X at 105.9. A.B. talked today. I'm still not sure exactly what he was trying to say, but he talked. Joining me now to discuss Steelers, he covers the NFL for the Post-Gazette. You can hear him on Steelers Nation Radio. He is Jerry Dulac. Jerry before we get to talking about Antonio Brown, what's the status of the offensive line, and who's in danger of not playing? It seems like they're dealing with an injury epidemic there. Yeah, there's three of their guys, uh, Mark, and um, you know David DeCastro um, just kind of uh, aggravated that injury yesterday in practice. Um, best I can tell, he did not go today. I've been told, and um, you know. I, you know, he has another day. He actually has until Monday, and maybe whatever he did, uh, you know, they can fit him with a different cast, and maybe it'll be better. Um, I think with Marcus Gilbert, sometimes those hamstrings are tricky. Um, you know, they would rather them miss one game than four instead of rushing them back with soft tissue injuries like that. So that's going to be a little iffy. And then Ramon Foster, you know, was uh, you know has has a little knee injury, and um, I think they'll be you know the, because they have the extra day, they're just going to kind of wait and see. So I think tomorrow will be a little bit more telling, and they'll even have a full practice on Saturday, Mark. So they really have two more full practices, 
so there's really no need to go at it today with those guys. I think tomorrow uh, will be a little bit more telling, certainly Saturday for sure. Well, if any or all of those guys can't play, Jer, what are the options? Because the Steelers really don't have that much depth on the O-line this year, do they? No, Mark, they'll have to use all three of their backups. Well, they have four. Zach Banner is a backup tackle. Um, you know, I think they'll go with, uh, 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 you know, Chooks core four at, at right tackle. Um, you know, Matt Filer will probably play guard, and, and um, B.J. Finney would play the other guard is, is the way they would – the way they would approach it, you know, and then they would obviously have uh, a ninth guy, whether it's, you know, Banner would be the extra guy unless he would play right tackle. But I think right now they might go with the rookie at right tackle. So, yeah, they wouldn't have a lot of options. I wouldn't be surprised, of course, if for the game, depending if all three of those guys were inactive, all three of the starters, then they would probably activate somebody from the practice squad and then obviously have to deactivate somebody for the game, somebody they feel they could probably re-sign and pick up. Now, Jer, I agree that if it's a soft tissue injury, it's better for these guys to miss one game instead of four, which would point to them not playing at Tampa on Monday. But it seems like Monday's game is pretty close to must-win. I think 0-2-1 would entail coming back maybe a longer way than these Steelers are capable. Yeah, Mark, and, and aside, aside where Ben played uh, with that bad foot, if you recall. Yes. Did not practice all week and then really for the first time did some in the walkthrough. I wanted to say that was a Monday night game and he did it Sunday uh, on the walkthrough. Aside from that where he's your quarterback and doesn't need to go through the work, that's one of the rare instances where I have seen a guy – who probably shouldn't have played, play. And typically, 99.9% of the time, if the medical people tell them they're not ready to play, they don't play them. So if they're not ready, they won't play. Whether the Steelers are 2-0, and 0-1-1, 0-2-1, that won't impact their decision. Is there any way to fix this defense? Because if there is, Jer, I just don't see it. Although if Hayden returns Monday, that helps a bit. Yeah, that will help, but I think the other thing, Mark, I think if by tomorrow they can trade three of their four linebackers and get three new linebackers, the guys about 225 or 230 who can run, I think that's one way to, one way to do it. Mark, I, it's, you, you've probably heard me say this, and I've, we haven't talked about it, but I've mentioned it before, is this is as average a linebacker unit that I can remember uh, on this Steeler defense Ask any architect of the 34 defense, every last one of them, whether it's Bill Coward, Dick LeBeau, Dom Capers, go out and find them, Marty Schottenheimer. They'll all tell you that the strength of a 34 defense is predicated on the linebackers and uh, specifically the outside linebackers. And it, it is just an average group at best. I like T.J. Watt. I think he'll be, I think he'll be more than solid. I'll think, I think he'll be good, if not very good. But um, they, the other three are just they're average players, and uh, they get exposed. They get exposed, and, and I think they kind of know it. And to a degree, Mark, you know, shame on them. Uh, when you have a weakness uh, and one particular weakness that might be keeping you from the Super Bowl, you don't target a guy in the draft and keep your fingers crossed that you can hope, hope you can get him and three picks earlier somebody snags him, as was the case with Rashawn Evans, the kid from Alabama, that's who they wanted. 
and maybe they did try this, Mark, and maybe they just did. You know, the the offers were too uh, were too steep, uh, or nobody was offering. But you make some kind of move to go up and get that guy, and um, because that's what you need to go to take that next step. And they didn't do that, and they signed John Bostic, who's just a guy, uh, just a guy, Mark. You know, five teams in six years. Um, you know, he basically. Basically, Arthur Motes, you know, he's actually played at times a little better than I thought, and you see that with him. And he's okay on angles. He's okay shooting the gap uh, and chasing a guy down, but when they run directly at him, he has trouble. And um, I, I think you're seeing that. And, and that, to me, uh, I don't have a problem with their front line, and actually I like the young players they have in the secondary. But some of those guys, obviously, and we know who one of them is, 25, they just have to play better. They have to play better. I don't know how Artie Burns lines in press coverage against Tyreek Hill and never puts his hands on him, never disrupts his route, never shoves him aside. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to try and run with him, and guess what? You're going to lose that race 10 times out of 10, and he ran right by him, if you recall, uh, for that touchdown. They have to play more aggressive. They have to be smarter with how they play. Um, I think they have the personnel to be better in the back end, but I think you're just going to see their linebackers be exposed game after game, I'm afraid. Well, Jerry, I want to stick with the defensive backs for a second because I watched that Kansas City game uh, twice, live and then again on on tape, and I couldn't fathom how bad the coverage was. Is that lack of communication, lack of talent? Because Kansas City's receivers – they just leave the line and be wide open in a couple strides. I mean, wide, wide open. I, Mark, I, I agree 100%. Let me say this first about mis, uh, miscommunication. I think that's a cheap excuse for guys either, if not knowing what they're supposed to do, not executing what they're supposed to do. I don't believe for a second that these guys are getting the wrong signals or whatever the case may be. It's the fact that they are just not executing the play or screwing it up. To your point about the Chiefs, you're 100% right. Two things happen. First of all, I give Kansas City tons of credit for just just getting the Steelers into wrong coverages and especially mismatches. You see linebackers out trying to cover a wide receiver. You know, are you kidding me? But I think the other thing too, Mark, and this is what is a little concerning about this game. You know, Kansas City would run Tyreek Hill through the middle of the field and naturally – the safety in the corner are, are, are following him. Guess what that does? That opens up the middle of the field uh, for the guys following him because everybody has their eye on Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey could have stood there till next week and never had a pass uh, contested, and that was part of it. Mark, they, they got their hands on one pass. The week before, they had nine passes defense in Cleveland. They had one against Kansas City, and you knew who had it? Stephon Tuitt. So that meant no defensive back got his hand on the ball. And while Patrick Mahomes was ridiculously accurate, he was also thrown to wide receivers who were wide open against their coverages. We're talking to Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette here on 105.9 The X. Uh, what's Tampa Bay got going on? They're 2-0. and uh, Fitzgerald's been amazing. But with him, that never lasts. However, they have some pretty good weapons. Not in KC's class, but some pretty good weapons. Well... Yeah, but but that's right. But very similar. What they're what they're lacking, Mark, is they don't have the running back like Kareem Hunt. But they have the big wide receiver in Mike Evans. You know, six five, two thirty one, a long strider. 
you know, he's outstanding. They got the Tyreek Hill and Deshaun Jackson, uh, who, Mark, you could make the argument he's the greatest deep ball threat in NFL history. He has 60 touch, uh, excuse me, 23 touchdowns of 60 yards or longer. That's the most in NFL history except for Jerry Rice. He's tied with Jerry Rice. The same thing will happen. They'll run Deshaun Jackson up the middle of the field. Sean Davis, the deep safety in the corner, will run with them, and then it opens the underneath routes. And they got a young tight end, their number one pick, O.J. Howard, who's like a Travis Kelsey type. Now, he doesn't have a lot of catches, but go look at his yards. He has five catches for 150 yards. That's 30 yards a catch. So the point is, when they throw it to him, he's wide open down the field as well. So similar problems that they had against Kansas City can exist against Tampa Bay because that's exactly uh, that's exactly what, what they do, and that's why uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has all those passing yards. Here's the fun part, Jerry. Uh, what's your take on what Antonio Brown said today? Because he didn't seem very sorry, and he literally contradicted himself four or five times during the, case, during the course of his interview. Well, Mark, as you know from having done a radio show with him for, for five years, nothing he says or does surprises me, including contradicting himself. So um, um, I, I just, I just, I always get the impression, and I did again today. Nothing will change with him. Oh, maybe in the short term it will. Maybe he'll be a little bit more. Maybe uh, here's a strange word you never hear with Antonio Brown: responsible on social media. But oh, and oh, I don't think anything's going to change. It, it never has, um, and uh, we'll see going forward. But uh, they find him, Mark. They weren't, you know. I said yesterday that they weren't going to punish him, they weren't going to sit him down or anything like that, and um, that's the way they handled it. I'm sure there are guys, not I'm sure, I know there are guys in that locker room who think that wasn't enough, but uh, that's the way they're going to approach it. And and I don't see, personally, don't see a whole lot changing. I don't expect it to going forward. Well, I'm curious to hear you say that that some guys in the locker room felt that Brown wasn't disciplined enough because certainly... A lot of guys spoke out on his behalf, saying there was no need for him to address the team. And for that matter, Cam Hayward says there is no turmoil in the locker room. Now, I know it's a different perspective from the inside, Jer, but that's still hard for me to believe. I don't know how much it affects how the team plays, but it's got to be a headache. Yeah, well, there's no question it's that, and I really don't think it affects how they play, Mark. They're a resilient bunch. Not too much bothers them. I mean, let's face it. They've been going through this all the time. They went through it last year, and they were 13-3. and three. And, you know, it's easy to point up, and, and I'm not dismissing it that it didn't have an effect, and I'm not saying that it did. And maybe it caught up with them in a playoff game to Jacksonville, but they just got whooped in a Jacksonville game. They got pushed around. Their players did not come out to play offensively on the line of scrimmage and defensively on the line of scrimmage. I, I can't sit here and quantify what impact it has, but I do know this. Those players don't let that stuff bother them, um, but I think in, in the case of uh, sometimes with Antonio Brown, uh, Antonio Brown is well-liked in that locker room. But yeah, they get tired of some of his nonsense as well. Who else behaves that way, Mark? Nobody. So yeah, they get tired of seeing it. They get tired of explaining it. I went, I went up to uh, one of the players today and I said, doesn't anybody ever get in his face when he goes on those, in those tirades on the sideline? He says, yeah. He says, several of us do. And I go, what happens? He goes, he starts yelling at us. And so, you know, I, I, after a while, um, uh, I don't want to say that act wears thin, but it becomes bothersome. And the reason why it doesn't uh, wear thin 
Mark, is because his production is off the charts. And, uh, you know, a coach told me a long time ago, when the production outweighs the aggravation, you keep them, and when the aggravation outweighs the production, you get rid of them, and his production's off the charts. And finally, Jerry, real quick, uh, sometimes I think we talk too much about Lev Bell in absentia, but I don't think the Steelers ever saw this coming, him not showing up for week one, and I think that's rattled everybody more than they let on. How about you? Yeah, well, again, it's hard to quantify with the players, but I will tell you there is no question everybody from the top of the organization to the players anticipated him coming on Labor Day, including just from several days earlier uh, his message to one of the players. So there's no way they were prepared for this, and that's not necessarily their fault. They're operating in good faith, Mark, when, when they issue the franchise tag. They assume, okay, maybe he doesn't like it, but he's going to be paid a handsome amount of money, and he's going to show up for the first game, whether you agree with that or not. And that's exactly what the, that was the assumption they were going under. And uh, th- there's no question whether it rattled them, upset them, baffled them, whatever the case may be, um, there, there's, no, there's no doubt they weren't prepared for this. Jerry, great stuff as always. We'll do it again next week. Enjoy the game Monday night. Mark, thanks. Always look forward to chatting with you. That's Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette. Gene Collier had a tremendous tweet yesterday. He said that uh, today when he spoke to the media, Antonio Brown would announce that he has decided to not further discipline Coach Mike Tomlin. And that's why Gene Collier is the best wordsmith in the history of those who write sports columns in Pittsburgh. Uh, I found out what the max Antonio Brown could have been fined was. And it is such a small fraction of his... uh, Yearly pay, well, I'll give you the numbers in a minute, and you'll do what I did. You'll laugh, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Does your girlfriend want to bang a penguin? Well, dang, but I guess if that's your freebie, then my freebie would be Crosby, but, uh... Wait, what? The X at 105.9. Here's a tweet from Tom DiBenedetto of CBS Radio about Antonio Brown and his interview today. This man who tweeted, trade me and didn't show up for work Monday, claims he's a victim of media misrepresentation when honestly he would still look like a total ass even if the media didn't exist. That's what the national media thinks of the Steelers and Antonio Brown right now. Uh, Before the break, I said that since the Steelers lost... Two games I thought they'd win. Well, lost and tied anyway. That instead of going ten and six, as per my preseason prediction, they'd go nine, seven, and one. That's obviously seventeen games. I meant eight, seven, and one. But I'm still ticking with. I can't stick with ten and six. They literally cannot go ten and six. The most I can be this year is a half game within right. I can't be right. Okay, we've been told the Antonio Brown fine is almost certainly $13,285. That's the maximum a player could be fined for missing a mandatory meeting. $13,285. The average annual value of Antonio Brown's contract is $17 million. To give you some idea of some perspective, Maybe too much bloody perspective. 
that would be if I got fined two hundred dollars. That's equivalent to me getting fined two hundred dollars. If 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 I got fined two hundred dollars here at work for some sort of stupidity on or off the air, I got fined two hundred dollars. I'd go up to John Machida. I'd tuck four hundred dollars in his shirt pocket and say, "That's for the next time." And anyway, how did AB get fined for what he called an excused absence? In that interview today, he contradicted himself four or five times. One time when he said that his absence was excused, and then he said he got disciplined. Why'd you get disciplined for an excused absence? I'll tell you why. It's because you're a jerk-off. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. This is rarefied air, my friends. It's a great time to be alive. It is what's best for business. In 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about Cam Hayward saying there is no turmoil in the Steelers' locker room. 105.9 X.